We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Ned. You're so gracious to join us today. How are you? I'm fine. Just a bit, well, annoyed. But then there's thousands and tens of thousands of people in the world that are getting annoyed. I'm yeah. glad about that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the uh, the establishment is looking to uh, hit the check valve. They're going to let some pressure off, let some of the steam burn off, and then uh, they're going to get back to business as usual. They're going to drop this for a little bit, but they're going to ramp it back up. We're going to get to that. Bruce, how are you today? Before I get too far off course here. Healthy and alive. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah, a bit peeved as well. Yeah. With uh, a bit vexed. Uh, the I, paper I, that... Um, I know what it is. You know, I know what it is. You're peeved because... You went to the Golden Corral and you didn't get your steak. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, totally, totally it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've been to a Golden Corral in like 15, 20 years. Yeah, it's been about that for me. Uh, the last time I went to one, I thought, I, I seriously, the last time, it was, uh, I, went to, I went back to the States for, for something, I can't remember what it was, and as I... As I'm there, uh, a buddy of mine says, hey, let's go to the Golden Corral. I'm like, okay, really? That's where you want to go? All right, fine. So we go there. We walk in. We sit down and we walk up to the buffet. And I'm like, being on the European diet for as long as I've been on it, I look over and I say, how can you eat this? There, there's nothing here to eat. I went over and got a salad and it tasted awful. Long story. Well, actually, Golden Corral sounds like a bingo hall to me. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 about like that. Yeah, Golden Corral. Yeah, so, and you know the funny thing is, is back in the '90s, Golden Corral used to be a really good place to eat. I mean, they had great, great food, and then the quality of food in America just kind of went from somewhere around this level just to straight the hell down, and it's just all fake and artificial and per chock full of preservatives and and everything else. Now, uh, nothing is good for you. All the chains get the same like they get their food from the same location it's it's uh what was it um cisco, cisco. i believe it is yeah, they, Cisco's they, one they of the all get there. it yeah in fact, yeah yeah and and in fact i actually i spoke to uh i spoke to somebody who was a uh, restaurant manager in the states they, they don't do it anymore but uh i asked them once i said hey how do you make that that sauce for that that steak that you guys have in your in your restaurant i said I i'm curious because it's really good and I'd like to make some for myself. So how do you guys make it? And he says, um, I don't know. I said, what do you mean? You manage the place. And he says, yeah, I, I don't know. It says, that, I said, what do you mean you don't know? How can you not know? He says, they just send everything to us frozen and we just open the bags and reheat it. it. Yeah, that's that's all we do. <laughs> just, like that's that's what uh, that's what restaurants are in America. It's just it, it's a sad fact of reality. Anyway, that's um, a good one still. Yeah. All right. Let's um so. let's get started. Let's get started. We got a lot to cover today. Uh, I I don't even know where to begin. So we're gonna start with with what is fading here. What they're gonna ramp up in Australia. What is going to be in our future? And the most important thing is why. Why is that that we're going to be dealing with that? Well, we're going to show you the ugly truth behind the COVID facade today. 
we're going to show it to you. We've got the receipts on it. You can thank Bruce for it, but we're going to go over it. And it's going to be absolutely horrendous. I've been trying to mentally digest this for how long has it been now, Bruce? About 96 hours, and I still can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with Australia, shall we? Uh, Australia, this is what Aussies are being told now. Take a listen to this. West Australian parents who are unvaccinated will be banned from seeing their own sick children in the state's hospitals. Under the new strict laws drawn up by Premier Mark McGowan, the tough new rules will come into play from January 31. Only those with exemptions from the vaccine or under compassionate grounds, including end-of-life visits, will be allowed to step inside the hospitals, which includes visiting their own kids. What we have known for some time is that from January 31, the measures will be ramped up even more. We also know that the one thing the premiers and the prime minister, for that matter, have been united on is the need to get vaccinated. So it becomes the ultimate test, doesn't it? If you're unvaccinated and you're going to what's deemed a high-risk area, i.e. a hospital or an aged care facility, the ability to go and see your loved one if you're unvaccinated may well be taken away from you. And could that be the trigger to make you change your mind? And I guess that's the force at play here. It's a tough decision, isn't it? What would a parent do? Confronted by that, would it make you change your philosophy? Maybe it would, and maybe that's what the government are banking on. Yeah, and do you have to have, um, Susie, do you have to have a booster to make you fully vaccinated in this case? I think at this point they're just wanting people to get the double dose and they'll deal with boosters a bit further down the track. But you know, I'm all for this. I mean, this is not about the rights of parents. This is about the rights of of the sick kids and the rights of the elderly to stay as safe as possible at a time where we know we're dealing with a very virulent strain of the disease. And if you are unvaccinated without a good reason, without a, a valid exemption, then you are going to find your movements curtailed. We went through this in Victoria months ago where even 12-year-olds couldn't attend their own primary school graduations until the rules were, um, were relaxed. So mm. I think this is what the government needs to do at this point to really shock and challenge people into, as Basil was saying, change their philosophy, change their action and get vaccinated. Yeah, other states have had... So we need to uh, shock people. We need to change their philosophy. We need to change their actions. But see, the government knows better. They know all about your health. They know all about how to manage you more than you can manage yourself. So let's change the people. Let's not change the actions of the all-knowing, all-seeing government. Let's do that instead. Not to mention the fact that everything they've done up to this point has caused untold amounts of damage, not just economically, financially, socially, educationally, all, all the rest of it. It's all across the board. Yeah, it's just another site that's been crippled. Another country that's been crippled. But Some of them are trying to notice, climb out of it. You notice they're in the middle of summer in Australia. They're in the middle of summer. They're moving back down into the fall and then the, the winter. So they're going to go, they're going to trend back down as we're coming out. You can see what's going on in Australia. They are not removing the restrictions here. Do not be fooled by it. What you're going to believe the people now that have lied to you through the entire time. They're going to keep part of it in. They're going to release the pressure just a little bit. That's all they're going to do. They're going to burn off some steam because it's getting too 
heavy. It's getting to be too much for them to handle. So they've got to backpedal a little bit. So they'll back off. Remember, successive approximation. They will back off a little bit, but then they're going to come back and they're going to clamp down even harder. You notice that from the Aussies? They got a little bit of a reprieve, but now they're going to mm -hmm. get clamped down on even harder. Yeah. Now they're going to keep this you out of the hospitals, away from your friends and your family. So things have to change. You re they really, everything is coming to a crossroads. If you allow them any slack now, they will. They will actually tighten it, the noose around your neck very, very soon. Yeah, and it, it is totally wrong. Totally wrong. It's, I mean, it's evil. It's evil. I mean, can't see your kids, but this is what gets me. A vaccine is a biologically created thing that cures a disease. This vaccine doesn't cure anything. They even told them that it doesn't cure anything. So officially, it's not a vaccine. All it does is treat symptoms, enables you to mask it. And then once again, booster, 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 booster. Each one you take is going to affect your immune system eventually. So yeah, that's looking after the elderly and the children. I yards, isn't it? It sickens me. Sorry. Yeah, the um, I, I have to agree that that is pure evil. Um, not allowing you what what right does the government have telling you you can't go and see your kids the the only time even a family member hell even a friend um that that's not no you, you don't have the right to do that um even if you're unvaccinated time, why couldn't they bring the child to them at an open area or a room where they could see each other individually yeah I want to see my parents. Oh, well, it's because they can't. No, it's because they're curtailing the uh, the leverage. You need the leverage. That's what it's all about. It's about leverage. It's about coercion. Exactly. When you lose compassion, you lose everything. That's lose actually humanity. That that's a big that's a big thing right there. Is the compassion, the empathy that that's being lost. Not just being lost, but that society, the Western culture in general, has lost. Um, it it it's at least here in the U.S. It's a big problem in a lot of locations, uh, unfortunately. And because of the rhetoric, um, probably in the last six years, because of, you know, the whole Trump rhetoric and now COVID um, and the way they're trying to other us, people have just lost their compassion with with people that are not in their tribe, that are not in their group. Um, yeah. And that's 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 really unfortunate. It, it's we're all equal. I mean, I, yeah, they talk about evil. they talk about not segregating and yet they're, they're causing it they're making people group align and look yeah. at each other differently this is where it's going and to get that, really interesting this this is where it's going to get really interesting Think, things are going to change and the reason i say things are going to change and i'm talking about the uh, the narratives here they're going to change up a little bit like i said they're not going to get rid of this this is not going to be just something that goes away uh they're going to come back on it we know they're going to come back on it but how are they going to use this in the meantime to apply pressure? Because that's what they need to do. They need to drive wedges. They need to apply pressure. They still need to play the one group off against each other, the tribal system, as you're talking about. They still have to play that card. So how are they going to do it? Well, I think they're going to let nature kind of take its course just a little bit. They don't need to do much in order to accomplish what I'm about to tell you, because this, this is behavioral science 101. So what you're going to deal with now is you're going to deal with a more hateful a more spiteful, more angry, vaccinated crowd. That's what you're going to deal with. You can already see it from the uh, the, uh, the the woke corporations, the woke business owners, the the corporate CEOs, the uh, the governments, the celebrities, the you know the ridiculous celebrities, and all the rest of it. Why should 
uh, so-and-so, why should they skate free? Why should they get out of it? We did our part. They didn't do theirs. Now we, we have to go back to, um, to uh, no restrictions. And what did they get out of the deal? So what it becomes now is the people that are, and believe me, I know people right now that are, that are doubled. And I don't know if any of them are tripled or not, but I know some, oh, I know a couple of people that are tripled. I know people that are doubled. They're down sick right now as we speak with COVID. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen? The ones that come to the realization, they will realize what they have done to themselves. Remember, as bad as it's been, you technically have still had a choice. Technically, as much as I hate to say that, because I don't believe that they've put people in in positions where they've had a choice, but I'm speaking about where I'm at. They haven't had mandates here. But here's the thing. Now the people that have done this to themselves, the ones that fell for it, they'll realize that they've done it to themselves. They'll realize that they fell for it, but they won't admit it. They'll understand that something has happened. Now, where does the anger part come in? The anger part comes in when they understand that you haven't done what they've done. They'll be angry at you because you didn't do that to yourself too. And they're going to use that. That's basic human psychology. It is. That is actually quite sad because what they've got to realize is if there's any parents amongst that and they've had their children vaccinated, they, they, they then have to realize that they've done it to the next generation and possibly the one after that too. And that is where they've got to realize get out of their little self-pointed misery and go, yeah, we've got to do something about this. And then that's the only way you're going to get accountability. And people actually accept the idiocy of it all and actually stand up alongside each other, vaccinated and unvaccinated. It's as simple as that. I mean, friends that you've told they're horrible because they're unvaccinated. Your unvaccinated friends that are told the others are horrible because they're vaccinated. You once were friends. You once were family. I mean, how could you got to this point? It's stupid. It is petty. And somebody has been pressing your buttons that actually isn't even associated with your family. They've destroyed your way of life. They're the people you got to be angry at. But that's the people that don't recognize it. There are people that do. Case in point, I want to show you this. Okay. You see this? These are protests that are happening across the country of Germany that are not reported anywhere in the mainstream media. Okay, we're, we're watching these very closely. As a matter of fact, there was one. What, what did I say was, Bruce, about 200 meters from where I'm at tonight. Yeah. It's literally a couple of blocks away from where I am. Literally a couple of blocks. Excuse, excuse my ignorance, but what does it actually say? This says, okay, you got two people there, two stick figures with smiley faces on. And one says above each of them, one says vaccinated. The other one says unvaccinated. And you can stick your vaccine in your, I, I think you know what the last word is there, right? <laughs> Even if you don't know German, you, you know that last word. Okay. No. You just you just reminded me of something very amusing that um, uh, <laughs> I pointed Martin towards on Spotify. There was, in Britain, there was a group of people that created a record. And um, if anybody wants to listen to it, it is quite amusing. It's not a horrible thing. And it's uh, a group called the Daz Band. That's D A Z. You can find it on Spotify, and it's called "We Are the Ninety Nine Percent." Initially, you'd think it's quite juvenile or whatever, but it is. It did bring a smile to my face in a very childish way at some point. But if you want to lighten yourself up for three minutes, do listen to it. You'll find it. The Daz Band. It's just "We Are the Ninety Nine Percent." It amused the hell out of me. It was just so 
crypto people, if you know what I mean. But the thing is, yeah. is yeah, yeah, and I, I understand. But the thing is, is that people here are out there. I mean, you see the kind of numbers as I'm just rolling through this stuff. You see the kind of numbers. These are people that are vaxxed, unvaxxed, uh, out there together. It's good. It's good. What does it remind you of? Partied, whites and blacks walking the streets peacefully to say we've had enough. I mean, it is a mirror image, isn't it? If you think about it, saying there's something seriously wrong here. And yeah, this guy, that, 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 that's what needs to happen. There is something seriously. Not, wake up. Yes, you've been manipulated. The whole world's been manipulated very, very quickly. Well, if we manage, if, if, if we manage to sort of bring this to an end, that's not the end of it, though, is it? No. Then you've no. got to go through the rhetoric of accountability. You know what really worries me about this is there's people there, vaccinated or unvaccinated. Yeah. This vaccine is an unknown, right? I'd like to say something. Something raised my eyebrows the other day because my child was not feeling very well. I mean, it was a bit tight, didn't feel like eating. So I took her to the doctor, as you normally would. Okay, so I took her to the doctor. Doctors couldn't work out what it was. And they immediately said, take her up to A&E. Why is that? Well, we want to make sure it's not appendicitis. Well, why is that? So we went up to the A&E, which took us to the child section, and the nurses and doctors were in with her. And then for some reason, it seemed to be becoming more prevalent at the moment that there's a lot of um, appendicitis problems going around amongst the children since the vaccine's been handed out. I've been hearing about and that. They go, yeah, and I went, right, she hasn't been vaccinated. And they came back and said, no, there isn't a problem. But they took her bloods and they took tests. And it's at the top level at the moment. If they have problems and the stomach, they got tight area and it's really hard around there and they're, they're getting tested for this. And I'm giving it, well, why is this? It goes, oh, well, it's just something that's been pushed forward that it's got to be tested for because we've had a rise of it. And this is what, this is where you see accountability. It's not going to be a hard and fast thing. Someone's got to get all these medical records from the standard of what um, the standard medical numbers were for all different things before COVID. And then they've got to stop this and then see what numbers and if there are any radical changes uh, amongst the admissions of what wasn't so rare and has now become common or flip, flip it the other way. Because if this has affected people's immune systems, which the chances of it is because you've been shoving a drug into somebody, boosting it and reducing the time, I mean, it's going to have some wear and tear no matter what happens. But if people are now becoming susceptible because of it, I mean, that's a horrible thing. I mean, we're not just talking the old, we're talking the everyday person. We're talking they've been shoving it into children. I mean, I mean, I mean, the fallout, fallout could be just tremendously, I don't even want to think about it, really. But that sort of thing has to be done. I think it has to be done. You have to, that, I mean, people should be thinking about it now. I mean, any anybody that has, this suspects anything or questions anything must say we've got to really look at the statistics of this because it's a massive unknown and we've got to work out if we want to know where the human race is going and the cost of it what would the cost be i i can't even think of it at this point i'm not sure that i have an answer for that it's almost like the um the medical counterpart to the other nine thousand pound elephant in the room that we're going to be discussing here in, in just a few minutes white one yeah so I, I, I don't have an answer for that. The, the only thing that I, that I know is, is that that is going to have to be done. As you said, you're going to have to, when the trials start, and those are common, right? I, I don't care what anybody says. Now, that might not happen a year from now. That might not happen two years from now, but it's going to happen. It might take a while. 
but it's going to happen. And this this is going to take years to sort out. Yep. This is going to take decades to sort out, mm -hmm. to lay down all the information, to go through all of this. Let's start with asymptomatic spread. OK, let's start with that, because that's where this whole mess began. Let's start with that. And Bruce is already shaking his head. You, you want to comment on that before I get to what Dr. Michael Yaden has just brought to light? Um, yeah. So right off the bat, it's a farce. The asymptomatic spread, um, that whole concept we knew before all of this went down, that does not happen. The statistical chances of that happening is like 0 0.03. I mean, it's so low that it's just it's effectively zero. Basically, it does not happen. Um, that, and also, I wanted to add that the appendicitis bit, um, for those that don't know, I didn't know this. Uh, the, the various causes of it. I thought it was just, you know, like blockages or something like that, or, you know, um, or, uh, well, it, it can be caused by viral infections. Yes. Um, your body treats the vaccine as a viral infection. Just Correct. throwing that out there. No, that's so true. It can, and that's what causes it. Because I looked back into it as soon as I put her in for that, and I went, oh, wow, this uh -huh. is not good. Let's look at this. And I, I have the paper to uh, to verify this uh, as well. He says uh, this. He, he's talking about the uh, the most cited paper claiming asymptomatic transmission. He says there's a number of problems with it and he breaks it down. Listen to this. The main one apparently reported in the uh, German mainstream media, which it largely was here because of the individual that I'm about to mention, is that it's claimed that the index patient, which was quote, well with no symptoms during her visit to Germany. This was like their example of patient zero that was going back and forth uh, to China. Apparently, the reality was that she wasn't well and had dosed herself with all the pharmacy preparations she could use in order to barrel through her short but intense multi-state visit. She fell very ill on the flight back to China, not coming from, to China. She was already ill. What do we do when we don't feel well? pre-COVID, we go to the pharmacy and we load up with everything they've got over the counter, Dayquil, Daymed, whatever you want to call it, you know, all the Vicks products and everything else to get you through the day, to get you through your meetings or whatever. You suppress your symptoms so you can move on, right? You get through whatever you need to get through. And if you've got a visit coming from China or from the US or whatever, and you're under the weather, you're on the ground for 24 to 48 hours, you're going to have to attend that meeting. You don't have time to be sitting down. You don't have time to be staying in the hotel room. So you go to a pharmacy and you load up on whatever you can load up, cold flu medication or whatever, and you get on with your day. That's what they based it on, was that right there. Now, that changes things when you look at asymptomatic spread, doesn't it? Because that wasn't asymptomatic spread at all. Not much better. I'll throw in a little bit with the asymptomatic spread real quick. Um, uh -huh. If, uh, as you were describing there, you, you have uh, the flu-like symptoms or whatever, and uh -huh. you, you get the day quill or whatever to, to, to power through those... I'm too much of a wimp to go in and power through all those things. I'm going home and sleeping. <laughs> if I have those fair symptoms, point. I'm out. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, my, my point is, is that that changes things because uh, there's no other. Again, this is according to Dr. Michael Yaden, because there's no other written up evidence of mass asymptomatic transmission at all, at all. On the contrary, large real world studies failed to find convincing evidence of it that it even exists. It's a word point. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's a managerial word point, and it's like they come up with a saying, and it gets pushed, pushed, used, used, whatever. And if it's said enough, people will believe it. Right. That's all it is. Right. That's exactly what uh, what they did back during the Second World War in uh, in Nazi Germany. You repeat a lie big enough, often enough, eventually it becomes the truth. Right. That's what they did. Make it believable. Uh, so 
if you take this paper that he cites here, which was the main paper that was used to justify asymptomatic spread throughout the world, if you take this paper that was based on fraud to start with, and you scroll to the end to the acknowledgments, there's a name in there that you need to pay very close attention to. A name of Christian Drolston. He's the one that created the gold standard of the PCR test that we all used. Ned's already laughing. He knows where this is going. Now, by an astonishing coincidence, he was a senior advisor to Angela Merkel for many years, which is just so coincidentally the same Angela Merkel who was one of Klaus Schwab's young global leaders. I, yeah, it's, it's been that long in, <laughs> in the works there. It also turns out that Drawsden makes another utterly pivotal contribution to blowing life in this global fraud. He is one of the authors of the first papers describing the PCR method allegedly for detection of infection by SARS-CoV-2. That method manuscript was already on the WHO website before it was published, and it is what Ted Rose, who is the head of the WHO, refers to when he says, test, test, test. Mm -hmm. The paper was submitted, listen to this, the paper was submitted to the journal Eurosurveillance and accepted 24 hours later and published a further 24 hours after that. The paper itself, Dr. Yaden says, is fake and is a faked peer review, which cannot have been done at the pace that they claim. Typically, it takes months for the average paper to go through peer review and finally get published, usually after many amendments. The journal has a fast track process. The median time in a fast track is a few weeks. This was done in 48 hours total. Written, verified, reviewed, and published. And you know who's got most of their... Um money linked in with all different forms of medical journals, including the Lancet and everything else, are Mr. Gates. Uh-huh. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. This is also breaking. Uh, the Swedish are dropping all of their COVID restrictions effective immediately. The Danish, so uh, Except Denmark, for what? Except for what part? We don't know yet, but uh, they haven't mentioned that part of it. But we know that they're keeping some in. Just like Denmark, which I was about to say, they're going to drop all of theirs between now and I believe it's next week. But see, there's this little thing that they're going to keep. They're going to keep all of the restrictions and everything in the hospitals. Now, do you remember what we played at the beginning in Australia? Mm -hmm. Where are the restrictions being kept? In the hospitals, Certainly. that's what that's they're going to use. That's where the leverage is. Exactly. I mean, that, that's that's a hideous le leverage. But and the ones that have been jabbed, the ones that have been jabbed, per the papers, per the research papers, the verified, peer-reviewed, published research papers that we've examined, they're the ones per the research. They're the ones that are now going to be the ones that are going to be sick. If you look at the ones that are going into the hospitals now. If you look at the ones that are going to the hospitals now, it's a majority vaccinated people. That's going to be the next leverage. Is that right there? They're going to keep the restrictions in place. And they're going to leverage you out. There's another possibility. There's another possibility. This horrible thing, you know that, don't you? When they've used two, they've used this COVID for two years. Yeah. Now, if you're going to see the people becoming responsive to it, as in this is a real nasty thing to happen, to defuse it. From a political point of view, if I was in their seat, I would remove the restrictions, calm it down, so they can get ready for the next crisis exactly. that they create, which exactly. will be something different. Yeah, I mean, you've got two major crises waiting to come. Mm -hmm. There'll be a food crisis, which will push your genetic organisms, yep. and you'll lose your farmlands and everything like that. There'll be something else that could be swooped up, but that's your lands. And then you're going to get your housing crisis, so they can... Take that off here as well. 
and they'll buy all that up and you won't own anything and you'll be kept on a horrible level with the cost of living keeping you down and, and unable to have anything. They've done, uh, essentially, they've done that to many of the wel- welfare recipients here, uh, 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 specifically the ones in the projects, as, as they're known, which is the uh, government housing. They've done that to them. Uh, basically, you... you incentivize them to be uneducated, to have multiple kids, to um, basically lower themselves to keep below a certain income bracket. And you get free money. You, they they yeah, give you free stuff. the welfare state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I okay. mean, countries have that, and that's where they keep them. All but right. it's going to get to a point where people will look towards their governments for help, and it won't be happening. They won't be happening, and that's, it'll keep them on this horrible level. and. This can be a point where if they can defuse this COVID thing from spiraling out of control from their point of view, as in the people want accountability, if they can avoid accountability, everything that's gone on, you're going to get your next crisis. Well, I think they're they're setting it up right now. The, the, the chess pieces are being maneuvered. If you look at the headlines that are happening now, the ones that are being pushed out, you can see very clearly, at least from my perspective, what I can see is that the pharmaceutical companies are being set up to take the fall here. That's what's happening. They're being positioned to take the fall. They're being maneuvered right now as we speak. You've got headlines coming out all day saying, uh, well, Pfizer, you didn't give us this data. Moderna, you didn't give us this data. We're still waiting on this data. You weren't clear on this. You weren't truthful about this. They're already setting them up to take the fall. Does that mean Does that mean that you're going to see uh, justice? No, they'll scapegoat a few people. They'll get a pound of flesh or whatever it is. That's not enough. That's not enough. And it's oh, isn't. It, it, no, it's not. It, it's not. And to the people that are in the bureaucracy, the people that are in the government that have facilitated this, that have gone along with this, no, 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 no. There's more that has to be answered for here. We're not just going to take a few uh, a few lackeys from the pharma industry that are going to get thrown out there to the wolves. That's not enough. No. What is it all about? Has it always been about COVID? Has it always no, been COVID. about? No, it's a, it's a facade. That's what it's been. COVID is the first crisis. It is. That is it the is. first engineered crisis. Yes. And there's those other two to follow. Yeah. Yes. It's as simple as that. And the only way you're going to get this accountability is you're going to have to get them to drop these emergency laws. Mandate is a law, a temporary law created in a situation of emergency. There is no state of emergency. There Come is one out of they it. create. Well, yeah, but that is why they haven't totally dropped COVID yet. So they can keep that ball rolling. But as soon as they come out of a state of emergency, you get accountability. Exactly. That's why they're not coming out of it, as you just said. Yeah. But yeah. more than that, that yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But what's it all the cover for? We know that there's something bigger coming down the road. If you want, if you, I mean, we, we, we clued the horrible thing ages ago and I said zero assets. Yeah. That's, that, that is the line of people they created, zero Assets, but everything we shouldn't be here. unaffordable. Well, yeah, that's true. But we because shouldn't we be here. Is, is my point. Oh. We shouldn't be here. I've mentioned for well over, well, going on uh, almost three years now. We shouldn't be at this point. Why should we not be at this point? We have to go back. We we have to go back to where all of this started. You have to go back to the financial crisis of two thousand and eight. That's where it started. You have to start there. That's when they started moving, yes. Exactly, yes. That's when they started really moving. Once that happened, once that happened, which never should have happened, by the way, the bailouts that happened in 2008, 2009, which we're going to get 
in detail on that right now. That should not have happened. All of these institutions we are now dealing with have spent the last 12 years consolidating and building and insulating themselves like any organized crime group would do. If they know that their day of ruling is coming to an end, they're going to, they're going to insulate themselves. That's what they're going to do. And that's what they've done. For the last 12 years, this is what they've done. They've consolidated everything. They've moved everything in place that they need to insulate themselves. Why have they done that? Why has that happened? There's a reason. 2008, the banker bailout, right? Let's go back to that. $800 billion. Isn't that what it was? TARP? Oh, $800 billion. We're going to bail out the uh, the banks and we're going we're gonna to cut a check to you, the American people, for $800 billion. Boy, I wish that's all it was. In 2008, when that happened, all of those banks, all of those institutions, all of the central banks, all of the bad investments that they made, all of it should have gone bust. Everybody. All the companies that are on board with this, this Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum garbage, none of them should be there. They're all bankrupt. They've been bankrupt. I've been saying that for three years, actually longer than that, but no one paid attention. Well, you're about to pay attention now. $800 billion, right? What's $800 billion when we're cutting checks now for $1, 2000000000000 trillion, $3 trillion, $5 trillion, $7 trillion, hell, it doesn't matter, right? What's $800 billion? The Tea Party movement in America started because of that $800 billion, or so we thought. Why are we waiting until now to find out? Let me explain. There's a little rule that the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank has, which, by the way, when I say Federal Reserve, that's as federal as, as Federal Express. That's as federal as, as Federal Reserve Pizza. It's a private company. Has no connection to the United States government whatsoever. It's a private company. Who are the owners of it? We still don't know. We still don't know. We have pretty good ideas, but we still don't know. Why? Because they don't have to tell you who their owners are. So they have a little rule. They're the ones that are responsible for the issuance of currency and credit in the United States. They have a little rule that when you ask them a question about something that they did, they don't have to answer you for two years. And when you ask them after two years, what did you just do? You then have to put in a Freedom of Information Act request. Then they might get around to answering you. 2008 happened. They made the decision. $800 billion is what they told us, right? They made that decision. Well, a group called the Levy Economics Institute asked the question at that time and said, wait a minute, what did you do? What what'd you do there? You said $800 billion. What, what did you do? We want details. And they said, well, uh, we're going to have to wait two years before we can tell you. Okay. Two years went by, 2010. At that point in time, they then had to FOIA request them, Freedom of Information Act. They had to put in a FOIA request. The Fed fought it. They fought it for two they, years. Yeah, go ahead. Didn't they have to kind of wait a little bit anyway? Because some of the stuff that the Fed was doing didn't end until 2010. Right. So, right. Yeah. Which is the point I was just getting to. They fought it for two years because they said it was still ongoing. And as that went on, they said, well, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to wait on that. We're going to have to appeal that decision for your FOIA. We're going to have to delay that. They fought it all the way to the Supreme Court. It took them until 2010 to 2012 before it finally got to the Supreme Court. And the Fed said, we need 10 years. There's some sensitive things we did in there, and, and we just can't have that disclosed just yet. We need 10 years before we can tell you everything that happened in 2008. Well, guess what? Time's up. 2012, 10 years, brings us right to now. Now we know what they did. Now? Now. They don't care. They don't no, care they don't care. Of course not. They've managed to manage. Because back in 2008, 
I mean, whatever happened in the US, what happened over here? You, I mean, you had all those housing problems, the mortgages, everything fell through. You had similar, it, they called it a recession. And, you, and that is where my eye opened because my daughter was born in 2007 and you start looking at things. And that's when I started really, really starting thinking. And I looked into something and it made me turn stones. And yep. I just, everyone I turned, I started to see things. And I went, uh, and the first thing I said is, if we're going to have a child, we have to pay our mortgage off in four and a half years. Yep. Why? Because the shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. And when I came out of this, I said, this isn't a recession. In a recession, prices of houses go down with everything else. I said, they're making people take pay cuts and everything and the prices and everything is staying up there. And I said, this is the first step in something really nasty. And then I started to look into things, basic things. And so I said, well, hang on. Whole world profit at the time, whole world as it goes round and spends money was about 30 trillion. And then I discovered these two bubbles above it because by then all the old reserves in countries were not counted for anything everything had gone totally data and you had 300 trillion and 500 trillion bubbles of debt permanent and temporary in the world at the time i couldn't even think about who's going to pay it off it just went round in this never-ending circle but so that's why were we in it yeah. The reason the reason they were able to do that, though, is through something that actually isn't mentioned in, in what we're going to discuss here. But it's interesting you bring that up because that is a that is a key point in how they did this. That's how it started. They had something called derivatives. They actually created derivatives. Now, let me explain to the average layman what a derivative is. It has absolutely positively no value, none whatsoever. In fact, I have a visual representation I can use. You gentlemen, you see this? You guys see this? I know it kind of fades out here because of, of what this is, but you, you see this? This is a 100 euro bill, okay? This is 100 euros in cash. That's what this is. That's what I'm holding in my hand, right? You guys can see this, okay? What representative of what doesn't exist. <laughs> the, yeah, this represents what a derivative is. This is the easiest way to explain it. So what happens is I have 100 euros, okay? I walk into a hotel. I walk up to the front desk and I say, I would like to go up to the, your, your penthouse suite, but I'm not sure if I want to stay in it. I just want to take a look around. I want to spend a couple hours up there just taking it all in and, and make sure that's the, the place that I want. And the front desk clerk says, okay, we'll allow you to do that, but we need 100 euros as a deposit. All right, fine. So I give him the 100 euros. The desk clerk takes that. I get the key to the room. I go upstairs, right? I go to the room. The desk clerk then turns around and gives that 100 euros to the hotel manager because of the nightly deposit. Well, the nightly deposit, obviously, that's not until the night. So the hotel manager then turns around and says, well, I need to pay the uh, I need to pay the, the chef for I need to pay the house chef. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go do that. So the house chef gets the 100 euros. And then the house chef says, uh, you know what? I got to pay my my cook. Uh, I, I got to pay him to keep him on staff. So he gives him the 100 euros. And then the cook says, well, uh, yeah, I, I need to um, I need to pay the delivery man that uh, has all this uh, this stuff that's being brought in. So he pays the delivery man. The delivery man then says, uh, you know what? I, I got to I got to pay the uh, the guy that runs the fuel station because I got to put fuel in my truck, my delivery truck. So the man in the fuel station says, you know what? It's my it's my wife's anniversary, my wife and I's anniversary. So I got to buy her some flowers. So he goes over and he buys the flowers, pays the hundred euros for the flowers. The man at the flower shop says, oh, 
it's a it's a really really important night for me and my fiance. I'm going to propose to her, but we're going to want to stay in a really nice place tonight. So I'm going to go down to this hotel and I'm going to book a room into this hotel. So he goes down to this hotel, walks into this hotel, walks up to the counter, the same counter that you visited, and says, "I'd like a room for tonight. Don't need anything fancy. Just give me something, and all I have is a hundred euros." I said, "Okay." Right. He gets the key to the hotel room. The hundred euros goes back to the same clerk that you gave it to in the beginning. You get done with your time up in the room. You come back down. You say, not interested. You get your hundred euro deposit back and you walk out the door. That's a derivative. That's what they did. That's exactly what they did. That's how they created all that fake river of money that you're talking about. A bunch of concocted nonsense that has no value. Yeah. It went round and round in circles. And they made up these things to pay such and such off, lend to these different countries, say you owe us this, this, this. And it is funny how it all adds up to a year's worth of global profit Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the whole world. The whole globe makes that about at that time. They yeah. managed to accrue 29, which is pretty close, yeah. 30 trillion. $29 trillion is what they did. $29 yeah. trillion. They didn't do the $800 billion. That's not what it was. They bailed out the world banking system to the tune of $29 trillion. And that's just what we know of now that we're 10 years well, past made, that time. Yeah. You made your numbers go around in circles, just like you explained, and it disappeared somewhere. And that is a massive controlling factor. It is. And it wasn't the only thing. I mean, I, I, I mean, we have we have receipts on where this money went. The European Central Bank, the Bank of England, the Swiss National Bank, the Bank of Japan, Denmark's National Bank, Swedish National Bank, the Reserve Bank of Australia, the Bank of South Korea, Norway Central Bank, the Bank of Mexico. Why are we bailing out all the central banks in the world? Why is the U.S. doing that? Why are the American taxpayers responsible for that? $29 trillion, and they didn't bother to say, hey, we did that on your behalf. $29 trillion? The U.S. national debt just clocked $30 trillion this morning. Do you think that they care about that? Do you think that number matters? It didn't matter that Trump clocked $9 trillion or whatever it was, or $13 trillion. It didn't matter. That's why he did it. He knew. Once we understood what was behind this problem, Credit Suisse in Switzerland got $259 billion. Deutsche Bank of Germany got $100 billion. Commerzbank got, uh, I want to say it was like 15 or something like that. Parabay from France got $96 billion. Royal Bank of Scotland in the UK got $70 billion. Barclays Capital in the UK got $65 billion. Do you see where this is going? See where this is going? Citigroup got $348 billion. Actually, it went. It, it actually goes higher than that. Citigroup, they actually got around, what was it, Bruce? They got like $3.5 trillion in total. Yeah, it, it, was, done on, it was done on more than one hit. Oh, yeah. It, it was basically, oh, this is they, they did an initial step. This is what you need. No, this isn't working. This is what you need. This is what you need. And it's like these figures just mounting up and going around in circles. And it was over a long period of time. It just got yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's just like the rhetoric of COVID. People just accepted it. The only time they got upset was when they went, oh, can we have this? Can we? No, no, you can't have that. Sorry. Sorry, the banks aren't going to lend you nothing unless you're this, this, and this. And that is when they started to tell the people. And, that's, and from there, they ramped up the cost of living. All your education costs started to go up. They, they managed to do it on so many different tiers that now 
instead of one person being able to have a job and finding a roof over their head, you needed two. Or you needed a person that went with a housing association, somebody that was agreed an association that would have part of your house. You'd live in it and have to do the repairs, but somebody that you don't know owned half of your property because you couldn't afford to buy one on your own. All these different steps were implemented in a big scale after that. That was the beginning of creating the zero asset culture openly. And you need to do two generations worth. Already had the one generation. It's been 10 years. You need another 10. And that is what they're heading for. You're going to get these two other crises coming along. That is for your land and your housing. And people have got to just open their eyes and give it. It's just got to stop. If you think the protests under COVID are horrendous now, wait until they start this. This is really going to wake people up. If you thought people were awake before because of the the concocted COVID thing, the concocted COVID thing was meant to trigger a controlled collapse that they could ride on the way down, and they're going to ride it on the way back up. That's what it was meant to do. If you look at these institutions, Reserve Funds got $19 JP Morgan Chase, uh, Dreyfus, Columbia Funds, Barclays, BlackRock, Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley, uh, all these. uh, These are all the hedge funds. These are all the hedge funds. These are the ones that are responsible for closing your business. These are the ones that are going through buying up entire neighborhoods in the United States for what? What did you say it was Bruce? Like seventy five percent of of uh, above value, whatever it is. Yeah, it, it, depending on the the price of the home, it it, it may be you know anywhere from fifty thousand more than what the asking price was to a hundred thousand more than what the asking price was. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to them because they've created the slush fund. They've created yeah. the data network where they can have as much or as little as they want, where they want. Money doesn't exist. People are taking ownership of, they want ownership of everything. They really want, own, you see, I mean, own nothing and be happy. What, what, what sort of thing is that? Who will own it all? And at the point, if that's the case, why isn't everything free? Own nothing and be happy. Why isn't everything free then? Well, that's because all your products are going to be services. <laughs> you might as well let it all be free. Then you'll be happy. I mean, that's effectively, effectively, it is free. I mean, when you look at the money has no worth, it has nothing backing it. There, there, it has no value. So you're, you're required to go in and buy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the thing don't is. don't really care what you have or whatever eventually, as long as they have control. Right. But you're. You're basically, basically what we're, we're saying here is, is this is essentially a social credit system. You can't earn money unless you do as they say. The money uh-huh. is a physical representation. Well, I guess in this case, it'd be digital, but a, a, a literal representation of what your score is. And depending on whether or not you do as they say, well, that determines how much money you get. You've already got to, as I say, or you can't see your kids. It'll be just like that, but with another crisis. It'll be leveraged. It's always going to be leveraged. They need leverage over over what you do. They need leverage over your behavior. That's what it's all about. Most of the people that they bring, just on that point, most of the people that they bring in, let's look at COVID just on that point, okay? Let's equate it to that. Let's look at Sage, just Sage in the UK. No, I'm serious. I know you're laughing. You're already starting laughing, but let's look at them. Most of the people that they brought in to be Sage advisors, they were more about behavioral sciences than they were about medical sciences. So colleges are running the asylum. Yeah, that, that, right. that's just it. No, the, no, the nuts are running the asylum. That, that's what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, what is this? I mean, uh, that, I mean, psychology, like everything, has it's science. Okay. Understanding people 
the best person that can understand anybody is a comedian because he's the man or woman that looks out there and sees how different people's natural behavior is, is a people watcher or she is, and they make fun of it in a nice way or a twisted way, but they actually understand it to make it into something. Psychologists, when you come down to the science, especially if they're in universities, fellowships and everything, has to, in the sciences, you lose sight of things, you lose your fellowship, you lose, you, you, you lose being noticed if you don't write a paper. You have to write so many papers over a period of time. Now, okay, if that's a physics, physical science, or if that's a biological science, or if that's a chemical science, whatever, but if it's one to do with psychology, how much crap you think has been written in papers, right, that has caused people to think or people to follow something until it's been proven wrong. They've got to write these things. They've got to write these theories. When you're messing with how people should react, I mean, they've brought psychological science into children's schools, so how they should teach them. They've messed that up as well. Mathematicians should teach maths. Mathematicians shouldn't be told by a psychologist about mathematics. It's coming into every, it's been seeping into every segment of your life for a long time. And yeah, they're not doctors, as in proper advice people, or like you say, your sage advice. Oh, it is how to manipulate and control. Yeah, but at the same time, they're doing all this. At the same time, uh, just like overusing antibiotics and creating a, a bacteria that is more resistant to it, um, humans are, are very similar in this. Uh, all of this social engineering they've been trying to do over the... Uh, people are becoming immune to it. They, they don't care anymore. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, cancel culture. That is social engineering. I mean, that, that literally is using people's psyche against them. People yeah. really don't care anymore. COVID they, protests they, here. People don't care anymore. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, look at but the, don't, the don't truckers. Don't you see it as a two-edged weapon? Yeah, the truckers. Yeah, they don't care anymore. Yeah, but, yeah, but that is where you get to a point where you get the trigger. But that two-edged side of it is where people don't care, and they rolled over and took the vaccine without even asking. So they actually managed to do that under the same ideal. It's just that the other people that didn't want to and were fighting away because they were a minority are now starting to push or found, finally found a way where they can get some leverage, whereas the majority just went, okay, jab me, jab my kids, jab whatever. But generally, uh, in societies, generally speaking, the, the masses, the majority are usually easily swayed. I mean, they're, they're generally speaking, uh, using, <laughs> we'll, we'll use the sheep sheepdog analogy. There's usually a ton of sheep and a handful of sheepdogs that are self-aware or, or aware of what's going on and try to protect the sheep. That there, there's a very few that do that. So there, I, I, I equate the sheepdog as being a little bit more resilient to social engineering. Um, they're, they're able to see through it or understand what's going on a little bit better. When you look at what's happening now, though, the vaxxed and unvaxxed both are coming to the realization that they've been gaslit over this uh, two years. And they're, they're starting to realize and understand what's, what's happened to them. They're, they're kind of they're, they're rising together. And are resisting this. So there, there's kind of a, though technically speaking, um, with with the side effects that we're seeing with the vaccines, uh, the people that took the vaccines are probably, I mean, 
Well, we don't know. We don't know. And hopefully, exactly. hopefully the fallout, I mean, unvaccinated or vaccinated, whatever. If I was vaccinated, I'd be worrying about myself. If I was unvaccinated, I'd be worrying about the vaccinated. That's what we got yeah. to do as a people. Because, yeah, you've got to give it, we don't know what, what's happened here. And that is why they've got to not let that push stop. Because exactly. that is what those in charge want to. They want to soften it out until you get to your next crisis. They want to stay in power. They want to say, right, okay, I get what the people want, blah, 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 all that rhetoric. Let's shut this COVID out. No, because this is this is going to affect the human race for a lot of time to come. And there has to be accountability for no matter what happens. But here's the here's the catch. The the, the thing that I'm I'm personally concerned about more so um, as people start resisting and pushing against this and start making headway. They, there's a lot of headway that's being made right now, at least observe. It, it looks like there's headway being made, yeah. whether or not that is social engineering again. You know, the uh, successive approximation as we, we, we talk uh, and they're they're allowing you to feel like you're winning and then they yank the rug out from underneath you and then clamp down even harder. That is yet to be seen. Yes. However, I, I think that is exactly what's going to end up happening, but it may not be with COVID. And and, and I think um, they're under the, the politicians are probably understanding that the COVID narrative is kind of dying off. So they're going to need either another virus that is more deadly. Or I don't know, maybe release one that may react with the vaccine. They just need another crisis. But yeah, they just need they, another crisis. They do need another crisis, but I think what the next crisis is, is going to be is it's it's either it's going to be the economics. Yes, that that that's going to be a thing, but yeah. that's coming either way. And cyber. Um, I I think it's going to be the cyber. That's what I think yeah. is the next one on the table. Is there well, yeah, the reason a, I say cyber though? Crisis. But that's another controlling thing. Yeah, but if you if you did another COVID, I think the people are. Oh no, COVID's not going to happen. Exactly. That's the med- my they've point. Done the, they've, done, they've done the medical thing. Yeah. That is uh, that failed. has nearly choked them. They, yeah, that's that's nearly choked them. They now want to soften and move on to what we can do next. Yeah, They're but back COVID, in the boardroom looking for the next move. Yeah, but COVID, exactly, exactly. COVID was meant to be the cover to crash the economy to start the economic crisis. That's what it was meant to do. Oh, look, mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Yeah, we had to close your business. Sorry. Uh, we've got all this money to uh, to give you that you got to pay back after five years. You know, we can give you millions and millions of dollars. It's just a way for them to buy your business out. That's what it was meant to do. But by keeping the economies locked down, they were able to continue that money channeling, right? They were able to control where that money was going to go. If the economies were open, which right now, I, I don't think there's any way for them to stave off the inflation any longer. Once these economies open, the money's going to start going everywhere and the inflation is going to be off the charts. Inflation in Germany right now is at 24%. That's as high as it's been since World War II. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that one that's going to hit the fan. What the hell? Uh, what, a wonder- I mean, what a wonderful point, eh? Yeah, the UK, the UK, it's you guys are pushing 10. How many more similes from World War II can you see? How many more similes uh, are there? It's We've got camps in Australia. Yeah. I mean, they, they've gone totally sick over there. They, they've gone nuts. They've gone nuts. Uh, yeah. I mean, that is so wrong. America's a nexus point. America is a nexus point. They, like you say, they call it the Federal Reserve, but America doesn't own itself either. Mm-mm. No country. When will the people wake up and know no country owns itself now? Who the hell does? And that's the question they should ask. And the only way any sense can be made of this is if there's any moral or ethical fiber left within the governments of the country to say, 
get off my land. Whatever corporations that have had a stranglehold, get off, take the assets, which probably wouldn't matter anyway, and split everything up. The, cool. the, that's not going to happen, though, because the governments it have been happen. getting involved. It can yes. happen, I agree. But the, the problem is, is the governments and the corporations have been buddy-buddy. They've been in bed together. Exactly. And They've all so taken the money. The, the, exactly. The, so the government's not going to be able to say, okay, go on, you, you're, you're done. They've been bought out at this point. Uh, you're you're going to have to replace the entirety of your government, not just the elected officials, it's, but also the bureaucrats that you don't elect. Yeah, this is a world-changing event. This is a world-changing event, and it's not going to be an easy one to sort out if you're going to get the right outcome. Because the way, I mean, human rights, liberties, freedoms have just been sort of pushed to the side under the emergency and welfare of the people, and it's for your own good, which I am so bored with hearing. And as soon as somebody like the people want to come and see their leaders, the leaders head for cover. I mean. That in itself is a damning thing. The, the, the seats of power just have to fall. I mean, but who will step into the vacuum and what are we going to do to make it right? I mean, it's, it's a minefield. So let me, let me ask this question. Militarily speaking, whenever you attack someone, what is the first thing you expect after you've done an attack? The stock market to go up. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I had to. From whose who's point of view, as in retaliation or from your own country that's done the attacking? Okay, we'll, we'll use an old uh, historical uh, event. Japan attacks Pearl Harbor. What is America's response? Counterattack. Attack, right? Yeah. 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 Fight back. Yeah, yeah. you would. Counterattack. We, that, we that, immediately started that, bombing their so, infrastructure. Yes. Let, let's look at this. We are attacking, figuratively speaking, we're attacking the elite, the, um, the, the big corporations, the big governments. So now what are they going to do? The only response they can do is they have to ratchet down. They have yep. to counter in some way. Yeah. So well, that's why they're, they're, they're going to do, it's going to be going to do something. But. There's going to do something that is, it, it, it's not going to be something BS like COVID and they're just going to say, Oh, see, look, no, it's bad. No, it's going to be so bad and so real in your face that you cannot disagree that no, this right, is, then. this is real. If you were behind all this right, and try and get into their way of thinking, yeah, okay, what we agreed to and what was quite obvious was that at the beginning of this and even before this, any person that is overly vocal and makes himself seen to the public is a face. Therefore, it can be used up. It might end up as a scapegoat or whatever. So if I was behind this, it wouldn't bother me if a few people in governments around the world fell. No. and took the fall for it, it wouldn't bother me if corporations fell and took a kick for it to placate the people until I engineer my next crisis. But here's the thing, though, I, and I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Like I said earlier, you can tell now that the subtle hints are being placed. The, the, the groundwork is being cultivated for certain people to take the fall for certain things. It's already happening. People are being positioned right now. If they can't see it, then they're just, they're either incompetent or they're just stupid. I'm not sure which one it is, or maybe it's both. I don't know. But it doesn't matter that you're going to throw those people to the wolves. It doesn't matter. And my point to that is this, when we're looking at the these protests, and, and I'm not just talking about uh, mainland Europe, I'm, I mean, of course, all that, but Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the UK, when we look out there, yes, it's it, it's surrounded with uh, with COVID and, and vaccinations. Yes, but 
What's the underlying message to that? I see them. We're looking at this this video every week. We're, we're reviewing hours and hours and hours of and digging through all this stuff, looking at what we're going to discuss. What's the underlying thing to all of this? The people that are out there, of course, they know about COVID, but they also know about the institutions that we're sitting here talking about. They know the Klaus Schwab's. They know the banks are in there. They, they know that the banks are responsible for this. The people that are walking around out there with, uh, with uh, uh, what's his name, uh, with Rockefeller in prison strikes. Of course, Rockefeller's dead, but you still have some of the Rockefeller clan that are still around. Mr. Gates, he's being placarded around, uh, around Europe in prison stripes. All of these people, these people that are in the inner circles, the Great Reset is public. People know it that are out there that are protesting. They don't want any part of it. You can't have a Great Reset without great funding behind it. We just told you what great funding is behind that. We just told you what's behind the facade of everything that we've seen up to this point. We knew that the debt was bad, but we didn't know it was that bad. We didn't know it was that consolidated. We knew that the bailouts were more than $800 billion in 08. We knew it was higher than that. A couple of years ago, Bruce and I were sitting here looking at, at the US banking system and the Federal Reserve. We were literally talking about it on here. This was right around the time COVID started. We said, what are these banks doing? What, what, what is the Federal Reserve Bank doing? What, what are they doing? They were giving out around, what was it, Bruce, around a trillion a week to the banks? Where the, if the yeah. bank overlent, then they could call up the Fed and say, we overlent by this much. And the Fed would make sure that that money was wired to them the next morning when the doors opened and they didn't have to pay yeah, it the, back. The overnight loans. Yeah, the overnight loans. That was it. And it, it, it's not even a, wasn't even a loan, really. It was at first. But then that changed. Then it changed to about a trillion a week. And that started, what was it, just a little over 90 weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, if you think since. about it, yeah, if you think about it, right, 29 trillion. At that time, we know that the world manufacture in one year and make and its trade up 30 trillion. It goes round. Those two bubbles of 300 and 500 trillion debt, somebody's got those tabs. So why does it surprise you that they can bump a trillion around here and a trillion around there? And there's 800 trillion in temporary and permanent debt going around in data circles. Of course it is. I mean, that 29 million obviously was some, that was a movement to actually a final step to what would be the first move 10 years later. And that is the sad thing because they were allowed to withhold their evidence for a decade and it all started. But I just hope that if the political positions and the political wrangling within our own countries let the people think they win by softening the blow. The people have got to keep awareness. They've got to be prepared for next move, even if they shut this COVID crap out the window. Well, we all know that uh, that those restrictions at some point, they will be back. We do know that. If anything, Australia serves as a bellwether for us. But uh, unfortunately, my friend, uh, we are out of time, so we are going to have to go. Are you joining us tomorrow? I, I don't I don't remember if you said you were going to, whether or not you were going to be here today and tomorrow, or is it just today? I can try. Okay. Uh, Marty will be I, I with us try. tomorrow, as far as I know. So we can try and pick up where we left off last week, since you weren't able to uh, to be here through no fault of your own. But we can uh, we can try and have that roundtable conversation this week. I think it'd be fantastic to get uh, both your perspectives on the same podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Marty will have. Uh, he'll fill in the gaps. I mean, there's, he, he, can, he will. And I can't he think of everything. All this. 
Yeah, and he wants to discuss all this uh, as well. From what I told him earlier this week about uh, about this uh, this twenty nine trillion, the, the the massive. You know what? Just forget the dollar amount, right? Just just forget that. Just understand that it's <laughs> it's a massive amount of debt. It's a nine thousand pound elephant that's just sitting behind you, saying, "Yeah, you're protesting COVID. You haven't met me yet." You know that's that's what it is. It uh, is. But it's, it's, it is. Waiting. It is. But like I said, we are going to have to go. I do apologize. For those of you who would like to drop us any feedback, we would love to hear from you. Please do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Again, we would love to hear from you and get all your feedback. Bruce and Ned, thank you gentlemen for being here this evening. Again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening.